No, it's only 11.30. Okay. Importing audio. Initializing. Yeah. Audio sequences generating. Audio sequences. Erect you. Erected? <laughs> Erecting audio sequences. Uh, hello, Sam. How are you? Good. How you doing, Mike? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, one of the last few uh, episodes that we have remaining in this season. So I know. That's something to think about. This season is blown by. It's depressing almost to a point, but Michigan is doing so good, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Can't complain. It started out very rocky, and it has steadily improved every week mm-hmm. since, until now we are, like, at the peak. Who would have thought with our predictions that we were both wrong on almost our, all of the ones that we picked to be negative, because neither of us picked losing to Notre Dame, and that's nope. the only loss. <laughs> yep. And, and then, then I think, what, I picked them to lose to Wisconsin-Ohio State? And I just picked Penn State. Who did I pick him to lose to? Was it Wisconsin? Yeah, I guess it was. Although, I thought Wisconsin was going to be way better. Everyone did. Yeah, I picked I picked Wisconsin, Penn State. That's what it was. Yeah. So we both had them losing too, but mm-hmm. we were definitely, I was definitely wrong on Penn State. Holy cow. Yeah, so. And the whole know. the whole country was wrong on Wisconsin, so that's not our fault. And so now, you know, it's like, <laughs> the funny thing is, is now it's like, uh, everything I read in here is like, oh, well, expectations have changed. It's like, well, yeah, of course I do, in a good way. Of course, you know, if they, if if they fall on their face, it's going to be like, oh, another another year of uh, not improving, and Harbaugh's on the hot seat. Ah. <laughs> I can already hear it now. They're ranked number four right now. There's no way. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, the narrative will be. Oh, well, you know, by the end of the season, they always fold. They can't make it to the end. They wow. always collapse. Late I mean, collapse. They, they do have a better than difficult opponent at the end of every season. Very so. true. Very <laughs> true. But, you know, I'm just saying, I don't think it'll happen. I think I think there's been sufficient change and improvement uh, in order to, uh, you know, bust the narrative, hopefully now. Mm-hmm. So he's bought himself another year. <laughs> at least <laughs> i think i i was the one that was like wondering no because because he had like one more win uh nah, than, he's, yeah, at he, one point when, and when we were doing our for, yeah. beginning of the season predictions he had like the almost exact same record as last dude right. and, and i was like uh <laughs> so right. this doesn't look good right well, <laughs> he might be on the hot seat this year if it's a losing season or just even an eight and five season it's gonna be like what right no definitely he if he there would definitely be that happening if it wasn't going on if it wasn't going the way it was mm-hmm. but you know there's only been like i guess one really close game other than the Notre Dame game so two really close games northwestern and less and less people are doubting his quarterback development ability now 
Yeah, well, I still hear all this. Well, he can't develop his own quarterback. He's got to rely on getting transfers, but I'm not too worried about but that. But Shade developed over the season, like, right. hugely. Like, yeah. he, he grew. But that doesn't count if you didn't, he didn't recruit him out of high school. Nah, if you didn't see that growth, then you didn't watch the games. Because yeah, he was he's not the same guy now as he was game one. And just wait till next year when we have Dylan McCaffrey out there. Yes. Shay leaves. Who uh, at some points looked even better than Shay when he stepped on the field. So. Well, he, he yeah, I mean, he definitely it looks like a more dangerous runner and so if he can throw it close to the way Shea does I don't expect him to be able to he's throw like, he's quite faster than Christian McCaffrey and he's freaking 6'5 yeah <laughs> he's fast as hell yeah he's at least I don't know the eye yeah. test told me that when he ran for that one touchdown it's like yeah oh, against uh, Wisconsin that was pretty nuts uh, Alright, so we got a couple things to chat about here. We don't normally get into a whole lot of recruiting, but we are kind of in the crunch time where it, it seems like there might be some clarity. We might be able to kind of get some fairly fairly reasonable projections as far as what could reasonably happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Early signing periods a, a anyway. little over a month away, uh, December 20th, I believe. So yep. it's creeping up on us. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see too because last year was the only was the first year where they had the early signing period, and it yep. was interesting to see how some schools approach that, right? Well, because a lot of schools, especially like the the top dogs, are you better come now or you're not going to get to later, right? And there was like a difference between we want you and you and you and you and all you better sign, and some of them it was like, well, you know. Yeah, explore your options. You know, yeah. see what else is out there. There's very different <laughs> strategies out there. I think, yeah. like even even like Clemson is even till still this year. Uh, Nolan Smith, the number one player in the composite, it like basically stopped considering them because they said that you can't take official visits. Yeah, they're kind of like Michigan State. Like Michi- if, if you take a if you take an official visit, you're gone. Yeah, you're which, not. We don't consider you a commit, which is yeah. very surprising to hear from like the upper echelon schools like a Clemson. Michigan you know? used to do that too with Brady Hoke, but that is I, I silly. Like, yeah, it is silly. Especially it's especially silly when you have no problem uh, hosting. Co- other schools commits on your campus. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like pot kettle. Like, oh, yeah, well, we are do things much better around here. But, yeah, you can cheat on them with us. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's And it's definitely not in the recruit's best interest. Like, a, the kid needs to go out, evaluate his options, figure out the best situation for himself, right. and see where he can go to help him get to the league. Exactly. Because Bottom line. if you hoodwink him and he ends up not liking it there, he's going to transfer, and it's not going to help anybody. Yeah. Exactly, and you're gonna have leave a hole. It's gonna have a hole in your roster. You're, you're gonna fill in the next. Ooh, excuse me, in your next class. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, all right, set Miller time burps. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully it wasn't too audible. Anyway, so we can review Rutgers for what it's worth. Um, you know, we played a big game and we wanted all that stuff to come th- to come true. I don't feel. Are like- we done with Cruton already? Did we kill it? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We shouldn't have moved on yet. Yeah. It's uh, like we didn't really get into it. Okay, yeah. So, so Michigan has a chance to close with one of the best classes, probably the best class they've had with Harbaugh, maybe at the top. Although, the 16 and 17 classes were both super good as far as... He just had to fill with out a roster. He had to top fill. Top five almost every time. You remember? Yeah, except last year wasn't. They were like third, 20th or something like that. But, oh, yeah, yeah. 
but that was a bunch of pros- of they didn't they they couldn't sell results on the field and they couldn't really sell playing time either because they had stacked the roster with the first two recruiting classes which were mm-hmm. massive in number. Um, it's hard to sell recruits once you've got depth already. Yeah, so a lot of them want to play immediately. Yeah. But now we've got, you know, we can, we, it's uncertain who's going to leave early. There's definitely going to be several, I feel like, that are going to leave early. Um, so you have, you can kind of sell more opportunity there. And I feel like it's going to, feel it's going to really play out. Uh, we currently have the number seven player in the country committed, Daxton Hill, who's a safety. He runs like, a four two nine on the laser time. He's yeah. quite fast, um, so he's going to be probably an impact player when he steps on campus. Mm-hmm. We currently have the number six uh, or the number twenty six uh, player in Hinton. the country, uh, Charbonnet Zach Charbonnet. Oh yeah, because I was going to say Chris Hinton, but he's yeah. We're we're just going by the twenty four seven exclusive rankings, not the composite. Uh-huh. Those are most more more updated and uh, have better. And Hinton, but Hinton was up high even on twenty four seven at one point. Yeah, not the twenty four seven exclusive. I think he was in the thirties or something like that oh, overall, okay. and I dropped to like a hundred or so. But Zach Charbonnet is probably the most exciting uh, prospect that I've seen this cycle. Uh, especially not the least reason is because he fills kind of a, a role that has been unfulfilled, I think it's fair to say, as far as a workhorse running back. Yeah, and every down powerhouse has every tool in, in the basket kind yeah. of guy. Yeah, he's he's super exciting to watch. Uh, there's There was a uh, game of his on TV earlier this year where he ran his poor kid over and the kid oh. left on an ambulance like 15 minutes later. They yeah, never, commercial never moved once. Like, I'm not sure if that kid is walking today. Yeah, that was... He just, he crushes people. I mean, he runs with power. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The stiff arms, like switching the ball to... To the right hand, you know, could put the ball towards the sideline and jump over you if you yeah. try and yeah stiff arm somebody and then make the next three guys miss and all in one play and then he he like ran with one hand on the ground for another four yards. <laughs> like yeah. that kid is ridiculous. Yeah, I have a feeling. I, I'm not sure that any of the other running the previous running back recruits from the last couple of classes are really. Gonna, seem to be panning out um omari samuels doesn't seem necessarily like he is barring some type of like um late bloom situation i don't he doesn't really feel like he's going to develop into a you know a top two depth chart type running back um i'm trying to think who else i mean obviously we've got chris evans for another year higdon's probably going to go pro um and you know i feel like higdon is okay, but I don't necessarily feel like he quite had the vision to really take advantage of his. You know, like he was really hard to tackle, and once he got going in the straight line, he's you know he's not like he's a super, he's pretty fast, transcendent running back. Right, but he like wasn't going to shake thing. you out of your shoes, and he wasn't yeah. going to. And he and he is not the most patient running back. That's obvious on tape. I feel like he definitely does not maximize uh, the blocks that he's given on a down-to-down basis yeah. now he can break it because you know he's hard to tackle and uh he can run pretty fast and he can run away from most dbs um but you know he 
have a feeling that we could get more from the position. Um, Evans is good too, mm-hmm. but he's a little bit he's a l- little bit less of a downhill runner and a little bit more shifty. So he's not your workhorse back. Yeah, uh, not, not quite as thick either. Yeah, yeah. He, he's more he's better used, utilized in the passing game and um, uh, you know on third down type situations. Uh, yeah, if he goes to the league, he's gonna have to put on some lbs for sure. Kind of like Kenyon Drake was at Alabama. You know, like when he was at Alabama, he looked like he was a wide receiver running the ball. Yeah. That's how I kind of feel about Evans, but he's not quite that skinny. But now Drake's huge and, and a starting running back for Miami, so he could do it. Yeah, he could do it. Although, he, yeah, he's put on a lot of weight for, between last year and this year. I think like 15 pounds or something. So yeah. I don't know how much more he can get on this frame. I don't, I don't really – he doesn't – he seems like he's going to be a like we, a third down back. I don't think he's ever going to be like a – I don't know. We'll see. You never know. You never know. I before we move on from Zach though, like I want to know what cycle. And I, I'm sure we don't have the information in front of us now because all we do is look at the 24/7 website. But who's hurting him? Who's the the organization that is <laughs> the recruiting missed, service? Recruiting service that has missed on this kid because there's no way he shouldn't be the top running back this cycle. I mean, I I like uh, John Emery. Uh, Trey Sanders, all those guys at the top, they're good, but they're not like full package kind of guys. They don't have the same size. They're, they, they're, they don't have the shiftiness. I mean, Emory has the shiftiness, but it's just not the same when you watch Zach's tape where there's just that extra something special. He's got the all, all everything they got and more, you know. So I just I don't understand. I feel like somebody, like maybe ESPN, a lot of times ESPN is like, got them ranked as something else yeah you they know? just like slap slap something on them and then never update it yeah like this guy's a safety they slap they slap a rating <laughs> on them when like halfway through their junior season or something and then they never update it and then it just yeah that's why i don't unless I don't, they're one of the top re- recruits in the country according to them then they keep right, on them they keep more attention on them yeah but yeah I just, don't know. somebody's missing the ball on this kid because i feel like even like zamir White last year was one of the better running backs to come out since Fournette, they were saying, coming out of high school. His numbers were insane, like 18 yards of carry in high school. I feel like he's on his level easily and, and is a little bigger. You know, <laughs> he's a, a bigger running back. Yeah, he's like 6'2", 6'1", 6'2", something like that. And he's like, I think he's like 210, 215 right now. So yeah. he, could, he probably has room to, I mean, think about, 15 more pounds on him. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I mean, who's going to want to tackle him? And a lot yeah. of people don't like a bigger running back. Like, look at the best running back in the NFL right now. 6'3", 230 pounds. I mean, Todd Gurley. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I feel like, though, if you have the if you have the the uh, supercar engine inside of you, sometimes it doesn't really matter what shape you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you have that, if you have the turbocharge inside well, you. Well, yeah. Then, I mean, if you're super shifty, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it's full package is what I'm talking about. Right. And, and Zach's got it, so. Yeah, he's going to be fun to watch for sure. Um, hopefully he can... Uh, Hopefully he can come in and contribute uh, on his in his first season. I don't really see why he can't because he's probably looking at it like there's opportunity there. Yeah, uh, in that position. Um, so we've got number seven overall in the nation, number twenty six in the nation. Uh, we've got also Chris Hinton, number one hundred and four, who took a little bit of a drop recently, but still a, 
super super highly rated prospect. No longer a five star, but he's he's what a ninety four now. You're saying? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the number was on it, um, but he's a he's our uh, he's our point point man in uh, recruiting the mm-hmm. rest of the players in the class. So and his really, younger brother is also highly highly touted. Yeah, offensive tackle, which is also a, you know a highly coveted position. We always mm-hmm. we always joke about you know the number of five stars on a team, right? But you know a five star offensive tackle uh, is worth about ten five star slot receivers, right? Yes. <laughs> Or maybe even a five-star running back. You, right, you, you yeah. ain't got the tackles. It don't matter. Yeah. So, as we saw last year. <laughs> so pretty solid at the top right now and in very good position to close out with uh, some other really highly rated prospects. Um, number three overall in the nation, Zach Harrison, uh 230-240-pound defensive end slash wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Slash Mickey Odell Beckham catches. <laughs> uh, from Columbus, Ohio. That uh, Yeah, I said, where is he from? That is... He, his, where? Say it again? <laughs> it's really hard to kind of like uh, get let yourself get excited about that because we all know where five-star prospects from Columbus, Ohio go to college. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it doesn't really seem like they've that Ohio State's really been all that high on his list um, for a while. I mean, he's been he's taken visits there and everything. I feel like they kind of have been the the vibe that he's been giving out that people have been picking up on is that he is, you know, giving them the kind of hometown school treatment um, and hasn't committed anywhere else, probably because. He doesn't want to deal Dis- with the backlash that would be <laughs> the local. coming his way, which I get. I certainly understand. And, and disappoint some family men- members, maybe. Yeah, and the you know the kind of concurrent train of thought there is that if he was going to Ohio State, then he would have already been committed. He wouldn't really have any reason to wait. Mm-hmm. So I hear that it's between Penn State and Michigan. Uh, is most of the uh, speculation there, and so far it's sounding pretty good for Michigan. And you know, you, it's kind of hard to find a, a a spot where you can. I think like the last ten crystal balls have been towards Michigan. I was gonna say it's kind of hard to find a, a a school that can really compare track records in developing defensive linemen and and um you know the whole package of of the defensive product on the field. It's hard to. It's kind of hard to, you know, compare the track record there with, you know, there's nothing really to 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 pick at. I mean, they they're having insane um, defensive line play over the past several years, and the, the depth mm-hmm. is really solid. And you get, you know, you got Greg Madison and uh, Down Brown. It just seems like a super exciting defense to play for, too. You know, so they've got the track record and they've got the excitement factor going for them. It seems like so. Um, Zach Harrison seems like Gary's you know, Gary's going to be gone. Gary's so, going to be gone. I mean, yeah, there's a spot open immediately. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, nec- I don't think, I think he's pretty raw as far as he's not going to come in and take over day he, one. Yeah, he's no, he's. I, I'd be. I don't think he would redshirt, but I think that unless he would, he's a tight end, he could play tight end. Yeah, he seems like he could play whatever he wanted. Um, 
I don't know. I, you know, you can. I'm sure they'll, they're they're telling him, "Come here, you can play wherever you want." Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they're not married to him on defensive line. They'd probably be happy if he wanted to play somewhere else come, too. Come be our running back, right? Yeah, kids. When he turns his legs, it's like what? The? There's no way a guy that big can pump those legs that fast. It looks like a wide receiver just blazing speed. Yeah, it's crazy. So he's he would be like the the crown jewel on the recruiting class for sure. Um, be awesome to pull him out and just you know uh, see the uh, see the despair and the and the just pure uh, you know hatred hatred coming out of <laughs> Buckeye Land, which would be awesome. You know, it could be a really salty couple of weeks for them if that happened, and then if we beat him in their stadium in a couple of weeks. I mean, but Ohio State's down this year in recruiting as well deserved, so I it's. It's worth they they should expect this at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, things they, things have a natural cycle, don't they? I mean, sometimes yeah. it seems like they don't, especially. But it seems given like there's, some there's something every Alabama. week though about Urban Meyer. Like what came out last week? Yeah, I feel like that was kind of just. I feel like a some fabricated this, thing. I'm not fabricated, but maybe not quite like as not quite like mismanagement as it was portrayed as. I mean. Yeah. It was more like a oh by the way there was another Zach Smith incident where it was like okay some of the, a lot of the players that were there say it didn't happen and it's like you know he we kind of already we, we we've kind of covered our we've already covered our Zach Smith territory that's not like um that doesn't it doesn't really add to the Zach Smith story he's a he's a crazy didn't it involve a Trevin Grimes too though or something though yeah it was Zach Smith apparently called him a bad word. Oh. And uh, so, I don't know. I don't, I, like I said, I I don't really think that, that adds to the saga of Zach Smith. It's kind of like, oh yeah, okay. We well, we know Zach Smith is crazy, and we kind of had that story play out, and so he's gone. So, yeah. not really quite sure what that adds to the to the story. But yeah. but yeah, I certainly don't mind there being a bad impression of Ohio State out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People um, are definitely pushing the narrative on them. I like it. Yeah, so number three is in the mix, um, and number 11, George Karlaftis, another defensive lineman, uh, five-star by 24-7. Uh, you know, he, this guy plays in Illinois, so the uh, level of competition he plays against is not all that impressive. Um, but, you know, you could tell that just by the way he was throwing kids around like uh, rag dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he is also a pretty high ceiling prospect i feel like he is probably more um he he would be more able to come in and probably contribute immediately but maybe didn't wouldn't have quite as high a ceiling athletically as zach harrison but adding both number three and number 11 to a class that includes number seven and number 26 is uh it would be just insane for the high end of the uh of the roster, you're there. making a push for a top. I th- you know, I think I added top team there, maybe. Not quite, but yeah, definitely. I think they're they're ranked nine or so right now in the in the team rankings. Uh, I think on they the could, on the composite they are, but on the just twenty four seven. Yeah, on the twenty four seven, like I think they're fourth, fourth or, or four or five. Yeah, yeah, they could probably jump up to two or th- t- probably three. I don't think they could get and and a lot of those and lo- a lot of those uh, uh, teams that are. 
at the top still have room to add as well. So I wouldn't expect them to really finish. Even if they got all these players, I wouldn't expect them to really finish around. I wouldn't expect them to finish higher than four or five. I don't think uh, when it all shakes out, cause they're pretty, they, they got more um, heads counted than most of the uh, teams above them anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, but the other wild card out there is Quavaris Crouch, who is a running back slash linebacker prospect. Um, Apparently prefers to play linebacker. He's ranked, mm-hmm. I think, in twenty four seven. He's ranked number eighty. Um, I think I've seen more crystal balls on that kid than anyone on the whole site ever in the history of just, crystal balls. They just keep, <laughs> they keep yeah. changing it back and forth. Like yeah. one week it's Tennessee, now it's all Clemson. He's like a hundred percent Clemson, I think, right now. You're saying it's, it's just ridiculous. Like you can see him. I think he might be one of those impressionable kids. <laughs> yeah, one of the kids that tends that seems to enjoy the process, I guess, maybe yeah. is when we look at it. I don't know. Everywhere he goes is his new favorite school. Yeah. <laughs> but Michigan's been in on him for a while. It's not they're not just kind of a late comer to the party trying to play the recruiting yeah. game. I know that they've wanted him badly and I know when, when you have a kid like that, I feel like that's what you look for. Is it is it Michigan and Tennessee? And then the next top two were Michigan and Clemson. And then mm-hmm. is it Michigan and whoever, you know, it's that one constant school, right? You know, that's how, you know, where they're actually thinking. And I feel like it's, it's another, it's just a, a factor of, you know, watching how fun it must look to play in Don Brown's defense more, more than anything. Um, you know, we're going to have, uh, uh, we've had several, uh, linebacker draft picks, uh, before Don Brown came around, we'll have Devin Jr. Devin Bush should go probably first round. Um, I've Easily. seen him mocked as Easily. high as number six. Yeah, he, he's a um, potential top ten. <laughs> yeah, so there'll be a, be a solid track record there as far as NFL draft development. Um, so I feel like I feel like I'm not really counting on Quavaris Crouch to be in the class, but I feel like if there was a quote unquote deep playoff run. He's one of the ones that could, you know, potentially swing. Yeah. When you're winning, you all of a sudden start drawing interest from guys that, you know, you yeah. don't know that you would have gotten if you hadn't, you know. Right. Um, and so I guess what I'm speculating right now is, and I forgot to mention on, mention on George Karlaftis, uh, the defensive lineman from Illinois. He is currently committed to Purdue. Uh, but he is, uh, you know, that's based on his relationship with their coach, Jeff Brom and Jeff mm-hmm. Brom is is the height of some, he's at the center of some rampant speculation that he may take the Louisville job that has been recently vacated by ye old Bobby Petrino. And, uh, he's a alumnus. He played there. I think he has some family that's played there too. And so I feel like that's, uh, you don't think he would follow him to Louisville though. I, I don't, he may, although I'm not, you know, he, from what I hear, he is kind of, uh, um, he's got, he, his family is, has recently moved to the country. Um, oh. and so they don't have a, a lot of, you know they're kind of ties they're, yeah they're not, they're not like well established here and so they they're from close to um indiana and what's uh, that that kid last year is like the the offensive tackle from australia 
Oh yeah, I remember, I he was like name. six eight, like something like four hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. He never played football before. He, played, and he just he plays at Minnesota now. Yeah, and he yeah. picked Minnesota, which is weird, but it's because there was that was my point. There's no ties, so he doesn't really have like a bias towards a team already, like everyone else that grows up here does. Yeah, I think you his know? name is Daniel Faele. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like Hawaiian almost. Well, Michigan got a uh, defensive end from Germany last year, uh, Julius Welshoff. Nickname the Juice, Juice, Juice Welshoff. Um, he could be he he could he's one of those high ceiling like uh, project type players who could contribute in a couple of years. So just you know sticking him on the back burner in the slow cooker and mm-hmm. uh, just putting him in the putting him in the weight room and and getting all these guys ready to go. Um, so I feel like Harrison. There's a reasonably good chance that Harrison and Karlaftis could end up in the class. Uh, and the, Crouch is kind of the long shot. Crouch is kind of the long shot, and people in the know uh, are pretty certain and, and speculating that our current running back commit, number one all-purpose back commit, uh, Eric Gray, is probably going to decommit. He was supposed to make it up to uh, visit this weekend uh, for the Indiana game, but decided that he wasn't going to be able to make it and i'm not even sure that he has had an on-campus visit this year that's not usually good (laughs) so they're not i'm I'm sure they're not counting on him to be in this class and they're probably yeah i know that they made another uh offer to a to a running back from kansas who doesn't necessarily i don't think they necessarily project him as running back but it seems pretty clear that they're that they're kind of operating, assuming that he's not going to be in the class, which is disappointing. But yeah, that's uh, such a bummer too, because Carbonet plus the number one all-purpose running back would have been a really, really nice complement to each other. So. Would have been, yeah. Although I'm more concerned about just keeping Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> more than it. Worst out. comes to worst, <laughs> you just keep him. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I don't. I'm not sure I can really read into recruiting any more recruiting with any more relevance than that, other than we are in good shape, it appears, to close out strongly with some highly rated, mm-hmm. high potential prospects to keep the defensive line train going more than anything. And, uh, you know. Uh, Hopefully, draw an offensive tackle or two eventually. Yeah. Wasn't that Trevor Keegan? Trevor Keegan He's is one of the guys that's pretty high on has, Michigan. Has had some recent uh, a recent visit that was uh, somewhat under un, unreported until he ran into a media member on his way out of the facility, um, and so they're feeling the the media is uh, feeling favorable about that one at the moment. So that's and it was I, like right after he just got off an official to Georgia or something. Like the next day, he was like straight to Michigan. You know. Like, yeah, I I think that there w- there Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't really know. I don't really have a solid feel for that one. Um it, that it that one may kind of strikes me as another one of these where you know, finish the season strong with some wins and make the playoffs and, you know, look like you know what you're doing in the playoffs and that will probably be go a long way toward attracting some of these guys that are yep. looking toward uh winning bears fruits. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really have much more than that on recruiting. It'll be just something that develops quickly over the next several weeks. So we'll keep an eye on it. It's a good, good spot to be in. I like it. Exactly. 
So Rutgers, we can touch on it real quick. We didn't really have uh, didn't really have much to gain from that, other than it was a little bit disappointing watching them let a eighty yard touchdown run go down the pipe there. Um, <laughs> messed up the rushing Rutger that I was hoping for. Doesn't appear that we were able to gain any type of Rutger in the statistical analysis, yeah. other than third down conversions Rutger I think we converted nine third downs and they only had seven points <laughs> there's one <laughs> yes uh, I had to really reach for that one but I'll take it um, I think the the only kind of real relevant somewhat relevant takeaways from this game are that it is obvious that they were they did not want Shea Patterson to pull the ball and they did not want to utilize the quarterback run game for obvious reasons. Um, so I feel like, and Rutgers, uh, you know, they, I think they had eight or nine guys you, in the box. You're not trying to show too much. That, that yeah. Game, you know, Rutgers had like eight or nine guys in the box the whole game. And so it was kind of a situation where we ran the ball because we like to run the ball and that's what we do. And uh, we were just kind of hamstrung a little bit and didn't really want to show our hand to, uh, to you know anything special as far as being able to really blow it open or anything we just kind of sat on him uh and shea patterson uh was really really effective in the game so one play where he he did the old aaron Rodgers run away from like three guys in the backfield and then uh you know zing it downfield to the to the corner of the end zone for a touchdown to oliver martin that was a nice throw uh i mean he was super efficient in the game Stat line is 18. It's a pretty, pretty nice comparison, though. Compliment there. <laughs> 18, to, 18 of 27, 260 yards and three TDs. Um, Hell yeah. No picks, no sacks. Um, pretty solid day. Did you see Rodgers yesterday on that one scramble? Yeah. Like, busted play, just slings it kind of sidearm for, like, 70 yards <laughs> to a tight end for a touchdown. Right, a tight end that like, started on the other side of the field and yeah, came all the way around. For his yeah. first NFL catch. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. It's not a bad average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think the biggest takeaway from the game was that Shea Patterson seems to be up to the challenge of slicing and dicing. Um, you know, it's kind of a simulated challenge, right? It's not like Rutgers is that salty of a defense. It's just that, you know, I, I, they didn't blow the playbook open. I'm sure Rutgers didn't see anything that they hadn't seen on tape already. It was just a matter of executing and winning when they kind of know what you're doing and, uh, you know, just uh, they were beating them at, at the uh, game that's in front of them. They were what we thought they were. They were. <laughs> Offensive line p- played real well, um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, I thought, played really well. Nico Collins caught the two TDs. One of them was just a wide-open busted coverage, and one of mm-hmm. them was a, a fade like a back shoulder fade to the front corner of the end zone. So that was nice uh, wrinkle to see. We hadn't really seen a whole lot of back shoulder throws this year. Nothing from Tariq? No, no, nothing from Tariq that game. I feel like they are. And and Harbaugh said something about that they weren't trying to rush him back. Um, You know, they wanted to. I mean, he didn't really do much the week before either. So. No, but he also is is coming off of two broken feet. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, is he really not ready or what? <laughs> Actually, they, what was it? Was it the game before uh, or this game? I think it was the game before against Penn State. 
uh, where he caught a he caught a touchdown, uh, uh, streaking down the end down the side of the field. Oh, and they called the it back. Yeah. that was his first game call. back. Yeah, was it? I think it was. He was. Yeah, it was. The so first, I remember yeah, it was thinking, Wisconsin. Yeah, thinking yeah. like he's back. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't Wisconsin. It, yeah, I think it was um, Penn State because it was. Yeah. Didn't it go Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State? Yeah, yeah. He was on the field for a snap against Michigan State, but didn't. It, but he was on the field before a snap that actually never actually happened before he came off the field. So mm-hmm. he was ready to go that game, but his first game back was Penn State, and yeah, he was there to have a touchdown pass, if not for a holding call. Yep. Which, if it wasn't a holding call, it probably wouldn't have been a touchdown. So, be that as it may, he was there to run and catch. So. Um, not worried about him. He will be able to contribute. Uh, I feel like the receiver group has probably, other than aside from the offensive line, which is the biggest black, you know, improvement, black and white difference between last year and this year. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going. I feel like aside, aside from the offensive line, aside, it's the biggest black. <laughs> just left it at that. I was like, what? The biggest black and white difference, <laughs> highest contrast, uh, you know, improvement. Uh, although. It's kind of hard to put that above quarterback, too, now that I think about it. Offensive line, quarterback, and receivers. I mean, I think the receivers have really come a long way from yeah. when basically all the... All, we knew the talent was there. All, yeah, all the talent was freshmen. Someone that can get yeah. it to them. <laughs> yeah, and they and they weren't great as freshmen last no, year, uh, despite the quarterback play, although it's kind of hard to, to parse out what which is which. Uh, they weren't great last year, but they are. I feel like really coming along. I feel like a lot of, a lot of position groups are coming together right at the right time. So we've got one more little tune-up game. I don't really feel too concerned about there being a lack of focus or a letdown or a trap game type situation against Indiana. I'm definitely not pretty confident that they are going to uh, relish their last game at Michigan Stadium and uh, try and just. Go balls to the wall and and do what they do what they do best there. So really, like main goal against Indiana, other than obviously winning, uh, it would be get out of it healthy. Yeah, I feel that's correct. I feel that they're not going to want to open up the playbook either. Although, yeah, don't same, show your hand too much. Although at the same time, they have like like we've talked about earlier, they have from week to week. Um, been adding slight little wrinkles uh, each week. And maybe the back shoulder throw was the first fade pattern, back shoulder fade that we saw um, for the season. I can't think of another, although, it, you know, it seems it seems like they would that's something that they would have run at least, or they would have at least thrown whether or not it converted or not. Um, but I can't really think of anything that they kind of unwrapped for this game. So maybe they've kind of uh, established what they want to do, and and they, I'm sure they have some new stuff up their sleeve to, to run against Ohio State. But we will have plenty of time to talk about that. We can dive into our little uh, matchup matrix. Yeah, time quick. for the numbers. Head-to-head matchups. Head-to-head matchups. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there is a superior team here and an inferior team in many ways, but we can kind of just yeah. take a look at these and see if... We don't, we don't need to pound these, I guess. To, to see if we can uh, identify something hidden beneath the surface. Right. And this like is that. also good for those people that are, are looking for more than just, like, you know, the gamblers out there that want to find, are they going to hit the over? You know? 
Should should I should I bet on this? Should I bet on that? You know, oh, this, you gotta, this, yeah. this is like your meat and potatoes for that. So here we go. We ready? I'm ready. All right. Scoring offense for Michigan against the scoring defense. Twenty uh, first for Michigan and eighty fourth for Indiana. And I have Michigan scoring offense per game nine ranks number nine. Uh, n- almost 10 points more per game than their opponents allow. Scoring defense for Indiana ranked number 84, allowing two points more per game than their w- what their opponents typically score. So, clear advantage to Michigan there. Nice. And again, for people who don't listen all the time, I just my numbers are based off of yards. Mike's numbers are based off of what other people's do against the average team and he he basically fills in all the holes that i don't because because like for instance you could like michigan's passing offense is ranked 88th well that's because they run the ball a lot you know so i mean there's holes in my numbers that you fill in right so so your numbers are just gross numbers based on on a per game basis you know yes pass yardage per game rush off yardage per game so you can imagine a team that like a triple option team like air force or something would have insane rushing numbers and really pathetic looking passing numbers but that's because they run 80 90 percent of the time and Mm -hmm. so it skews it your your numbers fill in efficiencies and things like that right i do have that broken down on a per game and a per play basis for rushing passing total and and per play scoring efficiency Yes. Okay, so rushing offense, moving on. Sorry for the tangent. No problem. I'm glad you uh I always feel like we we like every time. <laughs> like if we if we just start giving random numbers, like I give numbers then you give yours, people are gonna be like, Why do they have different Why numbers? Why are they different? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So exactly. then I always think of it after we start giving So the, the difference numbers. is raw numbers and opponent adjusted numbers. There we go. All right, rushing offense against rusting rushing defense. Uh, Michigan's rushing offense is thirty second. And Indiana's rushing defense is 85th. All right, well, I have Indiana's defense is 87th, uh, giving up 18 more yards than their opponents allow, or than their opponents typically gain. Um, And Michigan's rush offense is ranked number 20 in the nation, rushing for 48 yards more per game than their opponents typically allow. 129% of opponent uh, allowance there. So a little bit higher than what do you have? Thirty-seven, thirty-two, thirty-two. Okay, so a little bit higher, not not miles apart. No. Uh, on a per play basis, I have Michigan ranked as the number forty-three uh, rushing offense, um, a third of a yard more per play, which it's hard to really visualize what that means. And on a per play basis, Indiana ranked number eighty-two on a per play rush defense basis. Um, so you know top 30 or so top 20 20 30 depending on what how you factor in efficiency against a top 80 <laughs> <Yeah>. 80th ranked <laughs> uh, rush defense so that would appear to be where the big discrepancy the big discrepancy <laughs> is i have it projected where michigan should run for about 230 yards in this game yeah, that'd be a good day all right uh passing offense against passing defense uh, Michigan is 88th, and Indiana is 73rd in passing D. Yeah, my numbers are similar. 81st for Michigan, uh, nine yards less than their opponents allow passing per game, 
Uh, and number 77 for Indiana's defense, 11 more yards than what their opponents typically gain on a per-game basis. So um, obviously not the volume of Michigan's offense. Um, it is 96% of what their opponents typically average. So you could look at it and say, well, 81, that's like 20 spots below what you would think average would be. And But if you look at 96%, um, I mean, that's pretty close to average output against what defenses allow. So um, sometimes it's interesting to look at the percentage as opposed to just the the rank number. But Indiana's Mm -hmm. offense gives up 105% of what their opponents allow uh, or what their opponents gain passing per game. So it would appear to me that that should end up being pretty much average output for both teams. Michigan should... Should pass for about what whatever they average, and Indiana should probably give up about whatever they average. So, don't see that being the the difference in the game. It'll no. probably be one on the on the ground, but on a per play basis, Michigan is the number four ranked efficiency efficiency passing attack, um, passing for one point seven eight, almost two yards more per play than what their opponents average allowing so that's a pretty that sounds a whole lot better than 88 (laughs) yeah that's a pretty pretty high number um i think the number one team in the nation uh oklahoma Oklahoma. passes for some insane number like uh four yards more per play than what their (laughs) opponents allow so you know typically every single play (laughs) yeah so typically you know your opponents are probably giving up seven six seven yards per passing play i mean i think that's pretty close to average and they're getting 10 they're getting like 10 on every play it's insane um and then i think alabama is number two in that category i think they're like 3.7 or something insane like that and i think the number three team is under two so it's like bam it's like oklahoma and bama as far as passing offenses and then number three is like right not even the same page right it's like half as much so pretty insane context there um but paints the picture uh, that michigan's a pretty efficient passing offense when they elect to do so yep so what do you have as far as total offense? Total offense for Michigan is 53rd in the country, and the total defense for Indiana is 78th. So, okay, slight well, advantage, Michigan, there. Yeah, according to my numbers, it's a bigger advantage. I have Michigan as the number 28th ranked total yardage offense per game, uh, 39 yards more than what their opponents allow, 110% of what their opponents allow, and I have Indiana as the number 92 ranked uh, total yardage defense, giving up 29 more yards than what their opponents typically gain, 108% of what their opponents typically gain. So a little bit more of an advantage uh, as far as mine, as it looks like on my numbers as compared to the gross numbers. And on a per play basis, I have Michigan as the number eighth ranked offense uh, on a per play basis. Giving, gaining almost a yard more than what their opponents average, 115% of what their opponents average on a per-play basis. And Indiana is uh, number 89 on a per-play basis. Um, so we're looking at, according to those numbers, as far as yardage goes, um, I don't know, depending on how you look at it, efficiency versus per game, top 15 or so offense versus, uh, you know, a 90th ranked defense so that uh 
Michigan has a clear advantage uh, on both sides of the ball, as we will get to, but it's pretty clear that they are um, they should be able to move the ball at will if they can execute against Indiana. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> a loud... My, my headphones just went... We'll see if that comes through on the final <laughs> copy. But uh, we move to the other side of the ball to wrap up over here. All right. To the defense... Um, Michigan strengths. You yes, this is going <laughs> to. We don't be usually it. lose many of these head-to-heads. <laughs> mm. Scoring defense. Uh, Michigan scoring defense against their scoring offense. Uh, Michigan is third in the country, which means basically points scored against per game. Per game, uh, and their scoring offense is number seventy-seven in the country. So that wow. is a huge seventy-seven. Wow, that's that's. Strange because I have uh, them as number forty-three in scoring offense per game, um, two points more than what their opponents average allowing. Um, so that's that's really weird. We should, I'm gonna look into that a little bit more and just kind of see what the details are there. That's Check interesting. Out the beats. Yeah, uh, it shouldn't be that big of a difference because it's basically just points, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so it would, it would, yeah, it would just depend on. Maybe it's because I didn't sleep last night. Maybe I missed a number. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I put in Illinois or something. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we'll we'll double check that. But it could be. It's probably correct. Um, yeah. But we will see. Anyway, I don't think I messed up. I was just trying to give you. <laughs> Michigan scoring defense ranked number two as far as my numbers are concerned, holding their opponents to fifteen points less than what they average. Forty-seven percent of their average scoring output on a per game basis um i do have it also on a per play basis but that's kind of hard to really visualize not knowing kind of what what the number of plays is per game so yeah on a per game basis michigan has a clear advantage there on the defensive side of the ball not really seeing them being able to put up more than uh, more yeah i can't really see a situation the numbers don't really indicate that they'd be able to put up more than 14 points or so Concur. <laughs> All right. Uh, so on the rushing defense for Michigan, uh, Michigan is number twelve, uh, and they are their rushing offense is number eighty-two. So, yeah, I have Michigan's rush defense is number seven in the nation, uh, holding their opponents to seventy-eight yards less per game than what they average. Fifty-seven percent of their average rushing outcome on a per game basis. And Indiana's rush offense I have ranked as number 69th, uh, rushing for 10 yards less per game than what their opponents allow, 94%. So very disparaging numbers there again. Pretty distinct advantage for yeah. Michigan there. <laughs> On a per-play basis, I have Michigan about the same, uh, number 5, and Indiana number 55. So not a big difference there as far as on a per-game and a per-play basis. All right, moving on. Passing defense for Michigan. We all know where this is at, numero uno. Uh, been there for quite some time, and their passing offense is 44th in the country. Well, okay, so I've got them on a per-game basis, uh, passing offense number 20 in the country, 46 yards more than what their opponents allow, 122% of what their opponents uh, give up on a game So they can pass the ball. Basis. Not terrible. Yeah, they're not terrible at that. Um, it will be... By definition, the toughest defense they will have seen all year. Number one, 
96 yards less than what their opponents allow is what Michigan gives up. They hold their opponents to 55% of their per-game passing output. That's ridiculous. 96 yards less than average. 96. Just wait till we get to the total yardage. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, On a per-play basis. like we averaged 200 yards, but today we only got 100. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty nuts. God. I I don't quite understand how it's so crazy, but that is what it says. Um, yeah, they pass per, per play, number 40. Um, you know, Michigan's number one on a per play basis for passing as well. So it all lines up there. What do you have for total? Total D. Uh, Michigan, uh, also numero uno. And they are total offense, 63. I actually have them as total offense number 30. Um much better. 36 yards or gaining 110% of what their opponents allow on average. And Michigan's defense is giving is holding their opponents to 56% of what they gain on a yardage basis per game. 174 yards less on average than what their opponents gain. So pretty salty there. Wow. Uh, we shall see how that uh, holds up. It wouldn't surprise me if they busted a long play or two like Rutgers did, but should not be too much sustained success. That's why I'm so like intrigued about that man. This is why you don't want to call it a, a trap game because it is a trap game basically. But like I want to, Ohio State's offense is pretty good. Yeah, you want to see what Michigan's defense does to that. You know? I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the Matrix. Yeah, next week. that's like the best strength on strength almost all season long in college football. Like it, that's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, it is going to be pretty awesome. Hopefully, Ohio State doesn't lose. I mean, I wouldn't cry about it, but it would be awesome if they just kind of held it together for Michigan's sake. Well, you mean like put up a decent fight, or no? I mean like next week. <laughs> oh, oh, lose, lose. Yeah, okay. I was like, you want to lose to no. Ohio State? I'm so confused. No, right I don't. Now. I don't know what their. <laughs> uh, I don't know what their locker room situation is right now. It does not seem to be like no. it's firing on all cylinders. But no. I hope they keep it together against Maryland for one more week. That's Nick De- Nick Bosa. Yeah, he. I think he knows, but you know, he's oh, probably wait, not going to say anything until it's all it all blows over. So. <laughs> We shall see. So, do you have a score prediction, Sam? Um. Okay. Okay. Um. I usually write one down, but I did not. Okay. But I feel spitball me. Do what? What was the? Uh, what's the spread? And the spread is twenty-seven and a half or so. I think. Let me check real quick. That's, I'm cheating because I I'm unprepared. <laughs> That's all right. It's 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 public information. Twenty eight and a half is the spread. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but I I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna cover though. That's weird. Probably. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go forty five. And they can pass the ball a little bit. They can't exactly run the ball at all. <laughs> uh, but still, they might put up like some points. So I'm not gonna like Penn State them. <laughs> but uh, we'll go 45 to 10. Well, the last two games have been 42 to seven. Oh, so I didn't even know that. <laughs> I should know that because Penn State. Yeah, because Penn, Penn State got that late touchdown. In my brain, I always think it was zero. It it, it only yeah. means that Penn State equals Rutgers. That's what it means. Yes. <laughs> 
everyone sure that should be James a t-shirt Franklin is really thrilled about that <laughs> let's make that a t-shirt <laughs> right. yeah and Rutgers got their seven points when it actually counted against not, real defenders not against garbage time <laughs> yeah. uh, against real players so what was your score uh, 45-10. 45-10. All right, that's pretty legit. This is weird. I'm I'm looking at my little computer-generated prediction here and the Vegas odds here. The over-under is set at 55, and my computer prediction says 41-14, to 14, which is exactly 55. Dude. A little strange there. I feel like I'm really accurate, accurate, as to what your computer says, <laughs> like maybe we what, should do a game. Maybe whatever game I come show. up with, like your computer and my and me are pretty close. <laughs> pretty most of the time they're pretty close. Of course, you know it, it helps when you're relatively familiar with the teams and when you can kind of pick a blow. Yeah, well, and it's late in the season, and it's like, oh, yeah. we've seen what's going on, and yeah, but we, it's not a big question mark like the Notre Dame game. We don't know what to say. <laughs> we should do we should do that to see a contest between the computer and Sam's gut. Yes. <laughs> my gut is accurate. And it says, so So, so the spread on my computer is 27.5, and, and the spread on Vegas is 28.5. Um, acid, acid reflux makes you accurate, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think this. I think Vegas is pretty much on to it. I think it's going to be about that. I'll just go with 41-14 and say they don't quite cover the spread by one point. Um but I don't think anyone really cares at this point. We are going to get this game no. over with. W's a W. Put some more highlights up there. Rack some more stats. And uh, get some players on, some experience. Move on to some real football next week. Yep. So looking forward to that. I'm a, is college game day going to that? They do a lot of times, but um, I don't know. Hadn't heard yet. I don't know. Do we? we will and maybe they didn't announce it yet. I don't know. They'll, don't they announce like? Right after the last week or whatever, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, and then the interest might not be there because Ohio State's not really. I think it'll be the biggest game of the weekend. I mean, yeah, Bama yeah, but Auburn I, won't be. Yeah, definitely not because Auburn, Auburn fell off way more than Ohio State did. <laughs> so I think that I'm not sure if they make it a point not to go back to the same place more than once, but because they've already they went to Michigan for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, but. Uh, well, it won't be at Michigan, so it'll be at Ohio State. I don't know if they've gone to Ohio State yet. Yeah, I so, don't think they have. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me if they was the there. was the Purdue the Purdue game was at Purdue. At Purdue. Yeah, yep. so because they went there. So yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they'll probably be there. I don't unless we're just totally missing something that's already out there. We will. I'll call Pollock. Find out. Let me ask him. Yeah, <laughs> we will find out. Or right. I should have said I'll call Maria Taylor. It'd be way cooler if I knew her. No, you forgot which <laughs> podcast you're on. You'll call Desmond. Okay, sorry. I, I still want to call Maria Taylor. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not sure I have much more to add other than really looking forward to next week. And it'll be for all the marbles, just like we drew it up. We will have yep. a long discussion about that with much digestible information hopefully we have some actual like playoff talk next show because it's really pointless this show because no one in the in the top 16 teams lost so it's it's kind of the same as last week is our (laughs) yeah we'll definitely have some playoff talk we could have had some talk last time we didn't we we aren't aren't going to this time but next i I feel there's gonna be some relevant conversation next week yeah i wonder if there's gonna i don't really think that anything's gonna change this week 
but after next week, I think is going to be obviously when the playoff talk between you know the last game of the season and the conference championship game is going to be when you know things can change. Although I think the only thing that can really doesn't Notre Dame play Syracuse? Yes. So that could be that could be some that, conversation. That would be like the only thing that that's, can change that's things. A, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So. We shall see. I don't have anything more, Sam. Do you? No, sir. All right. Well, until next time. Go blue. Go blue.